What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. It's Thursday, so it's Going Rounds Day, right? Uh, hope you guys are here, uh, and hope you guys tune in. Um, it's been a short week, but a eventful one, and you know things are a little different for me this week. I'm pretty much here by myself, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because that's not normally the case. Uh, there's nobody home. My wife is out of town for work, which is odd because usually that's me. Uh, she had some training to do with a new position she's in. So, yeah, I'm just here by myself. Uh, my older daughter, who still lives with us, is out. I think went to go watch a movie. And, well, Trin's at home or at work. But her home's not here anymore. So, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, she wouldn't be here anyway. Um, and yeah, and my wife's gone, so kind of weird. I'm sitting here, which is abnormal because I have the door open. That's not normally the case. And on top of that, I have a dog at my feet and another dog over here behind me. <laughs> it's kind of weird having the dogs here. And I, I apologize in advance if you start hearing some noises or barking. I will shut them up as quickly as possible, but if I leave them out there, I know they'll run around. You know, dogs are crazy, and I have a Jack Russell, and he's definitely crazy. Compared to the Lab Mix, who's the older, bigger dog, she doesn't get that crazy unless he riles her up. The most she'll do is whine, and it'll be over quickly, but he starts barking when he hears something, you know. Sure, you've seen those memes where it's like my dog when the doorbell rings and it's like some dog jumping crazy across the air, um, or you know the dog with the tactical gear and the the gun in his hand ready, saying this is me when the doorbell rings. <laughs> That's I posted him a couple times because it reminds me of Benny. He has a tactical vest that he uh that he wears that we use as a harness for him. So. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. See, already he's starting. Hey, Benny, none of that. We're on a podcast here, buddy. You can't be doing that. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm really hoping that this isn't going to be the way this goes. Otherwise, he might have to just chill in his crate, which is also behind me. So um, I don't usually like to keep him in the crate at all if we're home. Because that's just for when we're gone. Because otherwise he'll find something to get into and chew it up. Uh, but yeah, I guess if he wants to start barking, we might have to do that. And if he stands up here in a minute, I might put him on camera. Because I can't reach him right now. He's literally at my feet under the desk. <laughs> so anyway. Um, hey, my wife's in the chat. What's up, Michelle? Love you. Miss you. I know I just talked to you, but you know. Thank you for tuning in for a minute. She's tired as hell, so I'm going to be old and fall asleep soon, I bet. <laughs> I'm just talking shit, of course. Uh, Anyway, so what we got going on this week, Um, the Ultimate Fighter Season 31 started. So that's going already. And uh, the first episode was Tuesday. I didn't get to watch it till Wednesday, but it was pretty good. I mean, not a bad first episode. You know, I'm going to get into talking more about it here in, in not too far away. Uh, it's going to be one of my 
right in the middle, basically. But there's a lot to talk about. You know, Connor, Connor being Connor, doing what he does. Uh, you know, there's always drama revolving around Connor, whether it's him instigating it, him causing it, or just him being involved in it because it's just who he is. So, and then of course there's other drama with Connor outside of uh outside of the ultimate fighter as well which is not abnormal either because he's got something to promote right now so yeah he's gonna be out there he talks shit anyway he talks shit all the time he's on twitter watching fights talking shit on there or giving people props either way but then someone will say something stupid and then he you know jumps back at him and says his piece so that's how it goes that's Connor being Connor, as the thumbnail said. <laughs> uh, hey, Michelle, just let me know that everything sounds okay. My, I think my camera's got a little bit of a delay right now, so it's throwing me off a little bit, but I just want to make sure that all the audio and stuff sounds good. So just make sure, let me know when you hear this part, because, you know, YouTube's always on a delay, so I say it, and 20 seconds later, so you hear it. <laughs> so, anyway, uh... Yeah, jump in the chat if you're on. If you you know got any questions or comments about anything I'm going over, don't forget to subscribe and uh, like this video. Share it with somebody. You know I always got to throw that out there, the normal YouTube stuff. But I do want to grow the channel, uh, even if it's slowly. You know uh, I do want to do it, so I got to say it, put it out there. Make sure I do my due diligence on uh, making sure that. Oh, good. She said it sounds good. Nothing's off. Sweet. Um, yeah, I, I got to put it out there and, and say it and make sure everybody remembers that if you're watching this or you watch this later, it doesn't matter when you watch it. If you're here, subscribe if you're not already. And if you are subscribed, then like it and make sure you tell somebody, share it, do something, repost it. I don't care. Do whatever. Uh, share the link. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody that's done that already and all of the, uh, support that I get already. Um, and let's just keep it going. So anyway, Ultimate Fighter 31 started this week. We have a UFC event this weekend, UFC Vegas 73 or USB ESPN on ESPN 43 or 45. I don't fucking know. They have so many goddamn names. It's always multiple names. Unless it's a numbered pay-per-view event, there's like alternate names for everything. UFC Fight Night, XXX, whatever fucking number. UFC on ESPN, XXX, whatever fucking number. UFC Vegas, UFC Apex, like, get the fuck out of here. I, I, UFC's supposed to be better at branding than that, so I don't know why they allow all these multiple forms of titles for these fights. Um, the pay-per-views are the only ones that are straight up and clear. So, whatever. Uh... Yeah, and then we got some boxing going on this weekend. I, I know we had some boxing matches last week. Like, I, I, I talked about that last week, but it wasn't anybody I knew. And, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, boxing fan, and I don't follow it all. I say it all the time. But uh, I know there was some boxing last week. I didn't really cover it. So I am going to cover the one big fight this week because uh, it's a pretty big name. And then what else? That's it, really. I mean, um, I guess we can just jump right into it and get going with the combat sports news going on for this week. Um, so there was an announcement for Bellator versus Ryzen number two. If you remember, I've covered it before. 
for the uh new year's eve event that they did in uh japan i believe it is uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's japan but anyway they're doing it again same place and it's going to be taking place july 30th so uh i don't really know though it this is it, it's kind of a weird event because they're calling it bellator Ryzen 2 uh but yet they have like for the main fight the main headline fight it's two bellator fighters and you know if you paid attention last time or you watched it or you, anything uh it was you know bellator versus ryzen in every fight of the main card so i don't know why this one is this way it's kind of weird but then again it just got announced i haven't got to look into it pretty deep you know too deeply yet so when when it comes down to it i will uh i will you know look into it more plus it's it's what uh like i'm two months away less than two months away so you know we'll be going through it here soon but it is at a big event so headlining that event is going to be aj mckee versus uh patricky pitbull one of the pitbull brothers uh his last name is very hard to say i'm sure if you're looking at it you'll know why it's fieri i think but uh that's a lightweight uh that's a lightweight fight going on that Saturday or whatever day, July 30th is, uh, it's usually Saturday for us, Sunday there, you know, or whatever. But yeah, one of the Paper Brothers versus AJ McGee. Uh, <laughs> it's always a, it's always tough when they go to, you know, the other side of the world, basically. But then the other uh, announcement is a title fight, a flyweight title fight. Yoji Horiguchi versus Makoto Takahashi. I got through that one without stuttering but uh yeah so those are the two events that they released right now the two um two matches that they announced and I'm sure there's more to come but it was a pretty exciting event last time and they did some pretty cool promotion with it I you know I I had uh, a lot of the um like posters and graphics and stuff they made because they used uh like what do you call it uh samurais like samurai images and um spartan images which is pretty cool and then the whole event was flashy uh big uh big time light shows and and uh pyrotechnics and everything going on with the walkouts and shit so it was kind of cool a little bit of a throwback kind of pride style um entrance and and event really overall uh, and some pretty damn good fights too. Bellator was supreme in that in that aspect when it came to Bellator being versus uh, Ryzen. I was gonna say Verizon. The fuck am I thinking? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, Bellator w came out on top on that one, and they dominated every every match five and zero. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how this one goes. Maybe Ryzen has a little more to offer this time, but. If not, it should still be a good event. It's entertaining. So there's that, and that just uh, that was just announced the other day. It was hasn't been too long. But anyway, uh, let's move on to some boxing. We've got Clarissa Shields, the quote, if you will, uh, which is the 
greatest woman of all time. That's what that stands for. And I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I heard it start being used quite a bit now with Clarissa Shields because she's such a dominant boxer. Um, she really does have the record to back it up. And basically the entire, her entire career has pretty much backed that up. It, you can see by all the belts. Like I said before, boxing in the belts is insane. Um, but this was supposed to be a fight uh, with a different opponent. Um, I'm not exactly sure who that opponent was. Uh, and I, I haven't been able to find it. So it must not have been anybody too crazy. But uh, her new opponent and short notice opponent is Maricela Cornejo. So she is 16 and 5 with 6 KOs. Um, and so that's a little bit more of a of experience con uh, compared to Clarissa Shields, who's 13 and 0, undefeated. Again, the quote. I, I don't even like saying it. It sounds weird, but I, I I I respect it. Like I get it. It's cool. It's a good little acronym for or wh whatever that's called when you have letters set and whatever. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. I second guess myself. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. So anyway, yes. Clarissa uh, Shields versus um, Maricela Cornejo. And as you could tell, you know, everyone's always looking for that, uh, <laughs> that OnlyFans fighter. And I could tell you that Cornejo has one. But it looks like it's just, you know, kind of uh, Instagram type uh from from what i i didn't really see much but uh from what i heard that people talking about is that it's mostly might as well be instagram content either way she has an only fan so if that's what you're looking for there you go as you can see in this picture she's a pretty good looking chick you know it is what it is it's hard to avoid uh it's just one of those things but does she have the skills and does she have you know what it takes to go up against an undefeated Clarissa Shields who's been doing big things has a great story behind her um that story is going around everywhere coming up from poverty has made Clarissa Shields a firm believer in giving back to the community she does a lot of great things for the community she just seems like an overall pretty badass person honestly um the uh all of the interviews I've heard from her uh everything i've heard from her you know she definitely has the confidence and she you know she definitely puts it out there that she knows what how good she is and what she can accomplish but you know uh she she's won two gold medals uh as an amateur she's a world champ obviously uh she became a world champ in her pro debut actually is what i meant to say um her best trait works against her as she never allowed fans to build up to her as she was successful from the start okay so i see what they're trying to say there that's you know it's kind of weird but part of her story was you know i know that people get triggered and stuff like that but this is just what she was saying is when she was younger i think she even said it was like five years old which is fucking sad and unfortunate it, she was raped when she was younger and it was probably around when she was five so she's overcome a lot she had a really hard childhood her parents were not the best from what it sounds like and uh either way she overcame a lot of adversity and now she's an undefeated 
well-known boxer, and she's dabbled in MMA as well. So, uh, yeah, she's got uh, quite a story behind her. Um, she fought for the PFL. Uh, she's got two fights. She's one and one. She says she's probably going to do it again. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but she was highly touted for sure to come over to MMA. You know, they were trying to get her to fight uh, uh, Kayla Harrison. But, you know, I, obviously they wanted to get her a few fights and see what she could do. And, you know, it's kind of back and forth, one and one. But her one loss was a split decision. I'll give her that. She did talk about that. It was a split decision. She didn't get dominated. So, you know, she gets back in there, keeps learning, gets a little more experience, and you never know. She might get those big fights. Uh, I would like to see her to come back and do a little more MMA. But for now, she's continuing on with the boxing. And this is a homecoming of sorts for Clarissa Shields as well because this is taking place in the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And apparently that's where she's from. So, excuse me. Um, yeah, but uh, as far as uh, Cornejo goes, uh, it's, let's see. She has won a championship. I'm not exactly sure what belt that is. I don't know what championship that is. I, fuck, I don't know. Like I said, so many goddamn belts, so many different divisions and promotions and fucking champions. I don't even know. How can you be a world champion if there's like 16 other world champions? I don't get it. It is what it is, though. Um, but she is a little more of a vet, according to what they say. Uh, everything that I've heard about her. And yeah, that's really the biggest thing that they're touting right now is the fact that she has a lot of experience and she has a lot of, you know, a good fight IQ. But either way, against somebody like Clarissa Shields, that's tough, man. It's tough to come back. Uh, I guess she's got a good one-two combo that she likes to throw down the middle. Uh, but Clarissa Shields is a really good uh, with her feints. And will avoid those punches and land her own combinations. So that's, you know, that's Clarissa Shields for you. She's good all around. She's good at defense, good at offense, um, good at putting her combinations together, good feints, everything. So this should be a should be a good fight. I don't know. I don't know. What 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 is there to expect? You know, I, I don't I haven't watched these women fight completely. I'll, I haven't seen all their fights or enough to be able to break it down deeply, but this is just everything I've learned from it. And I've, I've been following Clarissa Shields for a little bit and she just seems dominant in every fight. She's gotten knocked down before, but she's, hasn't been beat. Um, and you could tell because, uh, right now she's a minus 8,000 favorite according to betonline.ag, which is insane. Cornejo is a plus 1900 and I'm assuming some of that has to do with the fact that she's a uh you know she, it's a late notice fight she's a replacement um she's going against an undefeated fighter like Clarissa Shields even though she has a winning record she's still a gigantic underdog so you know if you're into taking those kind of bets maybe you want to try to see if Cornejo can be that one That'll come in. That's what happens a lot of times. The late notice fighter comes in against an undefeated fighter. That, and everyone says, hell no, there's no way this person wins. And they come in and get that crazy upset. 
and say, I just took your O. You're no longer undefeated, and I got it from you. And that might not even have been well-deserved, as in they deserved that position. They just got thrown in there, and next thing you know, they beat the superstar, you know, greatest of all time. <laughs> so it could happen. It's happened in the past. It could happen again. So it's interesting to see what will go down with this fight. But, uh, yeah, other odds, you know, prop bets. Uh, Clarissa Shields by decision is a minus 400. Uh, TKO, KO is a plus 240. Uh, draw is a plus 2200. Bernejo decision is a plus 2000. Or a TKO, KO is a plus 5000. So if you're into taking those long shot bets, put five bucks on Marcelo, Corne I mean, uh, Maricela Cornejo or a TKO or KO, and that's a plus 5,000, you'll make some bank. But that's a that's a big uh, chance you're taking there. So there's a lot of other prop bets, obviously, but it should be a pretty crazy fight and hopefully, or I should say, pretty interesting fight and hopefully it is very entertaining and not boring. Or if it ends fast, maybe it'll be best and that'll be exciting. But, like I said, Clarissa Shields has all of the belts, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, there's five belts there. That seems to be the thing. When everyone has a bunch of belts, it's about five. So, there's that. But, you know, Clarissa Shields has is pretty much well-rounded completely as a boxer. Um, she's always in there getting those flush punches. That's a nasty kind of hook-slash-uppercut. That didn't look like it felt good. But, yeah. So, Chris Shields versus uh, Maricela Cornejo. That is happening Saturday, I believe. Um, you can watch it on zone. Yeah, let me see if I can find out exactly. Nope, doesn't give me an exact time. But it just says live on the zone June 3rd. So there you go. Check it out. They have an app or you can just go online and find it. I'm sure either way, if you're into boxing, it seems like a good one. Oh, there was some other boxing news too, that I didn't prep anything for, but, uh, er Errol Spence and, uh, Terrence Crawford have finally agreed and, uh, confirmed fight between those two. So that's going to be happening uh, in the near future, which is a pretty good fight. And uh, it seems like it's one of those ones kind of like Tank Garcia that uh, they finally put together. It was uh, necessary to do it now before, you know, they're both past their prime or anything like that. And they got it done. So that's good. And, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford was asked if, you know, Tank the Tank Garcia fight was, uh, you know, kind of a jumping off point to get that fight done. And he said that it's been in the works for a while, even before those guys, you know, agreed to fight and stuff like that. So it has taken a while, but it's finally happening. So that's good. Um, and the other little bit of boxing news that I saw, I didn't prep anything for because I just didn't want to get too deep into it. But I figured I'd throw it in here while we're talking about boxing is uh, uh, Ryan Garcia has left his team, Golden Boy Boxing, because he, you know, feels slighted by the fact that like no one showed up for him at the press conference after the fight everyone left him out there hanging 
He says he feels like everyone's kind of turned their back on him after him losing. So that's kind of fucked up, man. You know, I I, I kind of touched on this a bit when I was, you know, review or uh, recapping the fight. And, you know, it just seemed like everyone turned on him quickly. That's what happens in boxing, though. That's why boxing fucking sucks. I hate it. I, I, I hate the culture of boxing when it comes to this shit. It's like if you have if you have a loss on your record, like you ain't shit, basically. And that's pretty fucked up. Um, and that's why a lot of these guys take those easy fights, those cans. And that's why they just, I don't know. It's just a fucking weird way to, to, to run a sport. Um, but boxing is called the sweet science and it's been around forever. It has a crazy history and you know, that's never going to change. But I think that the culture of boxing has to change a little bit and maybe learn a little from MMA, you know, MMA, it's like. One loss isn't the end of your career. Uh, one loss doesn't mean you're the worst. And one loss shouldn't mean that everyone turns their back on you. You know, all fans are fickle in one way or another, but it just seems like the MMA fans are a bit more forgiving than the boxing fans. Um, all that tradition and bullshit tends to just muck things up too much. Sucks. Especially for a young talent like Ryan Garcia, who does not deserve something like that. And I think is a great boxer, has a lot of potential and a lot of room to get better. And he's still super fucking young. Don't break a, don't break the kid down that fast. Just because you don't like the fact that he lost and the way that he lost. Like, shut the fuck up. Give the, give the kid a chance to bounce back. And I hope he does. I really hope he does. I hope he bounces back and becomes better than Tank Garcia. I mean, Tank Garcia and <laughs> Tank Davis. <laughs> uh, shit, I'm talking about Garcia, you fucking moron. Um, but yeah, uh, or maybe he can become better than Tank Davis. Maybe not. Or maybe be his equal. Who knows? But maybe a rematch down the road will prove something for him. And he can get that loss back. Either way, I feel like it's highly just wrong and unfair of people to do what they're doing to Ryan Davis. So, I mean, God damn it, <laughs> Ryan Garcia. <laughs> I keep... I keep fucking mixing their names together. But either way, uh, that's it for boxing news, though. Um, let's get to some juicy shit and some drama. Because, you know, there's nothing without that Jake Paul drama. Paul Brothers drama. So we'll start off with the Nate Diaz news, which, you know, there was no shit talking here, really. Uh, well, kind of by Jake. But um, so Jake Paul was on the... The most recent episode of Impulsive, which is uh, Logan Paul's podcast. I watch it every now and again when I notice something that would catch my attention. Uh, it's just not something... I don't like Logan Paul that much. And I feel like him and his little fucking douchebag sidekick, uh, it kind of annoy me. And there's a lot of drama within that space. And that's, that's what they're about, really. So Jake has won me over a little bit more. Just because I respect some of the stuff he's doing with combat sports and, you know, everything like that. Logan is being pretty successful with the WWE stuff and, you know, but I'm not a big wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling fan at all, really. Uh, back in the day, maybe. Not like that anymore. You know, it does nothing for me now that I watch MMA, boxing, and all the other real combat sports. That other shit is for entertainment. I get it. And they go through real shit, but it's not my thing. So... I don't mean to down on it, 
but that's just my shit, you know, or, or you know, that's my opinion, and that is not my shit, is to watch wrestling, it doesn't do anything for me, I don't like it that much. I keep saying that much, because I'm not trying to be a dick, and just be like, oh, fuck all that, but the problem is, is I, I don't like it at all, really, I don't watch it ever, the only thing, the only reason why I know anything about it, because there's podcasts that I listen to, where they go over it sometimes, um, you know, Ariel Hawani's a big MMA or a big uh, WWE fan. So sometimes I got to hear about it and I learn things and that, you know, that's fine. I, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not going to sit down and watch an event. I'm not going to dive deep into any of the news or any of that shit. It's just, it's just not my thing. So anyway, off that tangent. <laughs> so on the Impulsive Podcast, uh, Jake Paul, you know, being a, a guest for his brother he's uh you know logan was like hey i was gonna wait wait and do this off camera but you know what's better than to do it now it's content so he asked him like how the fuck did you get that nate diaz fight over me because you know there was talks about logan fighting uh nate or boxing nate and um it was short-lived obviously but uh fucking Jake took a bunch of shots at Logan. Obviously, brothers are going to fight. Brothers are going to give each other shit. But, uh, yeah, he he took some shots at Logan. And it was funny. But he said, I told you, Nate Diaz is playing both sides. Basically, some of the people he worked with, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, he does and he doesn't. This is Jake Paul saying all this, by the way. I know I, I fumble my words and shit, too. But this dude, I don't know, sometimes... <laughs> Uh, continuing on with what he said though, but just throwing money at someone doesn't make them want to do it. At the end of the day, what it came down to honestly is that he thought the world would view our fight as way more legitimate than you. Him fighting you to him was a money grab because you didn't beat anybody. You hadn't beaten anybody. And he said that a few times, you know, that basically Logan hasn't beaten anybody of like anybody in the higher echelon of boxing i guess or in this celebrity boxing er, uh like category that they're doing i don't know what you want to call it either way he doesn't have a big name under his belt as a win and jake paul has a bunch of ex-mma fighters uh you know he gave tommy fury a decent fight and he's just had some impressive wins basically uh in this space so i will asterisk it with that so um yeah so he's just saying you know basically that diaz <sighs> playing both sides fucking with both of them waiting to see which one would be better and he wants to fight the more legit fighter and the more legit fighter is jake paul and i think it's gonna be a pretty good uh event even though a lot of people hate on it it is what it is. It's fucking happening. We can't do anything about it. You can hate it all you want or love it all you want. It's happening though. So, you know, there's always a chance something happens and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't follow through. But as of right now, that event is happening. And of course, I'll be going for Nate Diaz because fuck Jake Paul. I don't even care. Nate Diaz, I've been a fan of his for a very long time before Jake Paul was anything in boxing. So... I'm going for Nate Diaz, of course, and I got to back my MMA fighters regardless because MMA is the sport I favor above anything. So, yeah, that was the uh, bullshit with that. Moving on to a little more 
fire coming from Jake Paul against Conor McGregor, of course, because McGregor's all up in the mix of everything right now. So I guess there was something being said, or Conor was in an interview. I don't fucking really know, like, what was happening or how it all got started because I tried to find it all, but everything is just a run-on of something else. Um, I don't know really how it started one way or another. Basically, Connor just said, Jake Paul ain't shit. He's a donkey. Doesn't know what he's doing. Blah, 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 blah. So with that being said, of course, Jake had to come back with something. And uh, also all these all these quotes that I'm going to bring up here, this one and the next one are all came from him being a guest on the Impulsive Podcast. So that's where I I got the uh, all of this, um, all these quotes from. But he says that money fight will always be there. And when I knock Nate Diaz the fuck out and you realize I'm the biggest fight for you, call me and I'll answer. I'm my own boss. I make my own decisions. I'm not controlled by Dana White, the UFC president. I don't have a dad so I can make the fight happen. If Dana lets you make the fight happen, then we can run it. What he's saying by I, I don't have a dad means in, in the in boxing, he doesn't have a dad that he has to answer to and ask permission from. So that's what he's talking about with Dana and all that. So, yeah, you know, throwing shots and uh, throwing jabs and they're not even fighting yet or not at all. They're just verbally fighting here. So fucking Jake Paul always has to come up with something to say. These fucking younger YouTube guys, man, they, I'll give them that much. They know they know how to use their words and, and they're quick with it. So I'll give them that. But more shots fired. Jake touching on Connor being um, a mess, kind of. And, you know, every time I talk about Connor in this instance, I use his own words against him. And I got to play it again because, you know, if he didn't, if he would do this, maybe people wouldn't talk shit. Get your fucking shit together, my God. Yeah, Connor. <laughs> One of my favorite drops to play. I do it to the guys on the Rumble, too, because it's just so fitting, and it sounds good. <laughs> but uh, this is what Jake was saying. Guess what, Connor? I'll, be I'll beat the fucking fuck out of you, and you can't box as good as me, and I'm going to do to Nate what you couldn't do, which is knock him the fuck out. Uh, and you're going to be sitting there with your new beer company that's failing, drinking it, drunk as fuck, realizing that you pissed your life away, drinking at the end of the bottle, and you're going to say, damn, I really thought no one was going to do what I did in this sport. I really thought no one would be as big of a name as I am. I really thought I was going to be the biggest forever. So, yeah, he went off on that shit. Um, he's not wrong. Connor's all over the place. Every time they show him, he's drinking something, uh, which is fine. You know, I do my podcast and I am always have a drink, but... He gets drunk, he gets crazy, he does crazy shit. He's a elite athlete that shouldn't be drinking all the time when he has a fight coming up, like he's supposed to be fighting Michael Chandler. And I know people just kind of make a big deal about it and put too much emphasis on it, but yeah, Connor's not doing a lot to help himself out. He's giving somebody like Jake Paul ammo, that's for sure. So of course, he's going to come out and say some shit like this. And, you know, he talked about back in the day, I guess he talked about Connor's wife saying she was a four. They addressed that as well. 
he said that he was just young and stupid and saying dumb shit because he knew that's a good way to get at somebody if you want to be petty and fucking you know an asshole really so he said it and you know he said that basically it's just it's in the past and whatever but you know connor's gonna take all that and run with it so drama as usual with conor mcgregor and it doesn't end there because connor was all over twitter uh beefing with andre arlovsky over the the past week too talking shit with him saying you know stuff like uh you know why don't like i guess on uh did i say andre arlovsky he's fighting he's fighting this weekend so if i said that that's why it was on my brain it was in my brain um volkanovsky that's what i meant to say i don't know why (laughs) getting way too ahead of myself here he was he was fighting with volkanovsky on twitter talking shit Volkanovski basically said, let's do it at 155. Fucking, um, yeah. And, you know, he's been talking shit with Chandler, which we'll go over right here in a minute uh, on, on the Ultimate Fighter. So, you know, of course, there's plenty to go around when it's uh, talking about beefs that anybody has with Conor McGregor. But Jake is out there th- taking shots left and right. So, you know, you know, Jake knows that that's that money fight. And they would make a lot of money fighting each other in boxing. But Dana White hates Jake Paul, so he wouldn't make it easy for that to happen. And, you know, Dana calls the shots when it comes to Connor uh, in a big way. Maybe not all the way, but in a big way because, you know, Connor's still under contract with the UFC. So until that's over, there's no way he can just go out there and do it on his own accord without Dana being involved. Or the UFC in general being involved. So yeah. That about wraps it up for the combat sports news for this week. Because yeah there wasn't a ton going on. A lot of Conor McGregor shit. And we're going to keep that going. Because we've got the tough thirty season 31 premiered Tuesday. Um, and you know like I said earlier. It was a pretty decent uh, first episode. You know, they did things a bit differently this time. So normally what happens, uh, if you're new to, okay, let me start here. If you're new to watching The Ultimate Fighter and you like it, that's awesome. I'm happy. I'm happy that you like it. Because a lot of people that have been watching it for years and years or people that have watched it since it started, they're not happy with the content. They're not happy with the show. Me included a little bit because it's it's such an old model and an old way of doing things. Like they haven't changed. They've only changed it up in the way that they cut out some of the fat, I guess. You know, for lack of a better way of saying that. So, you know, like Clark. Clark, I don't think Clark has ever watched Ultimate Fighter before. Um, and if you have... Clark and you're listening let me know but I don't think he's ever watched it before and being that Connor was on this season and all that and he's been way more into MMA you know he's kind of a newer newer fan as far as following a little more in depth like I do or anything like that and he you know because he does the podcast with me a lot so he texted me and said you know the ultimate fighter is dope as fuck and I'm like that's awesome I'm happy that he's excited about it you know, but in past seasons, like it's been way, way better. 
and you know this one's gonna be good no matter what because connor's involved and he always brings the entertainment whether it's cringy whether it's like you want to look away because you're like fuck connor what are you doing or because it's you like what he's doing it doesn't matter it's still entertaining still entertaining and it still keeps you involved in wanting to watch so you know it is what it is i don't i hope it's going to be a little better this season overall than it has been in the near past seasons but because i've lost interest in the in the past one like the recent past ones so this one i'm hoping for something better but i didn't hear too many stories of things blowing up and getting crazy and usually that shit gets leaked a little bit so everything that i've heard of is kind of already been seen in kind of some of the promo footage so it is what it is though it's conor mcgregor versus michael chandler no doubt two very popular and exciting fighters um conor for his own reasons and Michael Chandler for his own reasons. There's a lot of history there with the, both these guys, not between each other, but with them themselves as fighters. But like I was saying earlier, um, they did things a little different this time. And they did the coin flip like they usually do uh, to see who goes first with either choosing a fighter or choosing uh, the, the first fight. And that's usually what happens. They flip a coin, color of their jerseys are on each side. And when that, you know, whoever it lands on gets to choose, you want to pick the first fight or do you want to pick the first fighter? So that's kind of what they normally do. And, and that's kind of still what they did, I think, except this time you're not picking an individual fighter. They are, they did the 135 division and the 155 division. So it's bantamweight and lightweight divisions, all men and on both sides they have half and half right so there's 16 fighters all together in the uh, 135 division they have four prospects that have never been in the in the ufc before and then they have four veterans that have been in the ufc before uh so and then it's the same way for the lightweight division so it turns out in the end that we got bets versus prospects. So this isn't something that normally happens here because when you're talking about fighting, you don't usually want to put a, a massive vet versus a, you know, up and coming prospect for the most part, but it does happen a lot. And these guys don't have so many fights that it's crazy either. You know, some, some of the prospects actually have more fights than some of the vets they just haven't fought at the high level like the ufc or anything that comes close so turns out you have to pick either the vets or the pros in each division so whoever won the coin toss did that and i believe uh michael chandler won the first coin flip or won the coin toss so he took the vets or the 135 division. So then obviously that leaves Connor with the prospects. And then they gave Connor the pick for the lightweight division and he took the prospects again. So it turned out to be prospects versus veterans. And yeah, um and then on top of that, they went ahead they usually pick the first fight, match them up, face them off and then go through the rest of the show, right? And then after that fight, they they 
pick the next fight. The winner gets to pick the next fight. They do that. They face him off at the end of the show. And then you know who's fighting the next show. That's not how they did this time. This time, they went back and forth, picked all of the fights ahead of time for the uh, preliminary fights. So, first eight fights are already established. But, I did want to go through... And just list off here, even though I'm going to double up here on telling you're going to hear names multiple times for individual names, because I'm going to go through it a little bit and let you know, kind of, I'm going to highlight the veterans a little bit, the well, the more well-known vets. I didn't want to go through everybody because you might not know, but I'm going to go through some of the notable names, but the overall team McGregor is uh, for lightweights, it's Lee Hammond, Nate Jennerman, Aaron McKenzie, Landon Quinones, Rico DeSulia, Mondo Gutierrez, uh, Carlos Vera, and Trevor Wells. Oh, I'm sorry. The last four were the bantamweight. The first four were the lightweight. But for Team Chandler, you've got Kurt Holoba. Uh, Austin Hubbard, Jason Knight, Roosevelt Roberts, all in the lightweight division. And then the Bantamweights are Hunter Azur, Cody Gibson, Brad Katona, and Timur Veliev. So those are the two teams. Again, four, uh, four lightweights, four Bantamweights on each team. All of McGregor has the prospects. All of Chandler has the vets. So... With that being said, um, well, let's move on to, well, just a face-off because there's pictures going around everywhere of multiple face-offs between Connor and Chandler. I'm assuming this is from a little further into, hold on. Damn. I get lucky on the podcast with... Usually when I sneeze, it's a minimum of three sneezes. And usually, lately, anytime I've sneezed, it's only been like one. So I'm happy for that. Anyway, this looks like a face-off from a little further into the season. Because obviously the season has been recorded and is over right now. So, uh, but yeah, there's been a couple explosive face-offs between them. This is just a typical form for both of these fighters. Obviously McGregor with the, you know... Nice fitted, nicely fitted suit. Expensive, I'm sure. Always looking that way. And then you got Michael Chandler, who is like wearing the jersey, supporting his team. So that's that. That tells a lot about both these fighters. That's how they are. I'm not saying Connor doesn't support his team or anything like that, but he's more into looking good, being flashy, and you know he's got that Ric Flair drip. <laughs> and uh michael chandler is more of a humble type dude that's like hey i'm here for this team i'm their coach i'm gonna su- support and represent their colors so that's why i picked this picture because it tells a lot but here's another picture of them obviously both in in the midst of the 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 show probably you know in, in one of the events or whatever but it's hilarious because there's a couple different pictures that you see where Connor's doing something else and Chandler's just staring at him a little puzzled. Like, what the fuck does this guy think? Hey, 
what is it why 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 does this guy act this way like that's that's the look that chandler has on his face so i'm not used to having my door open so like i keep looking out because <laughs> it's weird and i know nobody else is here so if i see anything and you see me jump up it's because something's happening it shouldn't be happening but my dogs are still chilling so that's good uh anyway yeah i thought this was just a hilarious picture here because connor looks like he's deep in thought and chandler looks like he knows what connor's thinking and thinks it's stupid so <laughs> uh anyway a little bit of a background of these two fighters chandler michael chandler uh used to be in bellator he was the a bellator staple man he was like the face of bellator for a really long time as you can see here he looks so much younger not that he looks old right now but he just looks very very young in this picture um he, he kind of looks smaller even um but yeah uh he was a lightweight world champ had a lot of crazy fights with uh pitbull brothers and a, just a there's a lot of fights if you go look up uh michael chandler on sure dog you can see all of his opponents and then maybe take those names put them into youtube and you'll probably find the fights uh, a lot of great highlights from michael chandler and a lot of people were excited when he came over to the ufc because they never thought that he would leave bellator because he was like i said he was like the face of bellator for a long time but he did come over and uh you know he's made quite a splash his record isn't the best but you know it is what it is he's exciting he, he has great promos on the mic after the fact and uh he's just a great fighter and he's and you know former champ like i said and he's definitely that like all-american type you know he's just got that that just like homegrown all-american look always waving that flag they don't let him do that in the ufc anymore of course which is dumb but you know he's got that real like rocky vibe so uh and you know he's more like clean cut kind of he's definitely a family man and and he's just more humble and stuff he'll talk that shit but uh only when it's the right time and place not like connor who just makes a career of talking shit so uh and he's definitely talented as fuck when it comes to fighting this is one of his very very popular aos of none other than tony ferguson which is insane I actually hate watching this, but it's too hard not to show this one um, because I, I hate watching Tony Ferguson get dropped and knocked out like that. The dude looks like a flopping fish after he gets KO'd that way. But uh, Chandler's just explosive, man. And he definitely fucking has those crazy backflips and shit. Like, he's a small dude, compact, built, but uh, doing... I mean, just shows his athleticism doing those backflips. It's crazy. But that's what makes him exciting. So, and then, well, if you don't know much about Conor McGregor or you're a newer fan, or maybe you forgot because of his uh, antics of late, <laughs> Conor McGregor is one of the, you know, biggest uh, two-division champions. I don't think he was, was he the first? He definitely wasn't the first. Maybe he was the first to hold it simultaneously. That might actually be the case. Uh, but he was the uh, 
featherweight and lightweight title holder had the belt simultaneously never defended either one so a lot of people consider that not legitimate but either way he did win the lightweight belt while he still was the featherweight uh champ so regardless that's why there's this picture because this is when he won and he and he won that belt by beating uh shit i don't even remember there's so many fights i don't even remember exactly who he beat but either way two division champ like i said always got that dapper look always with the suits um expensive suits and uh you know he's always going to be flashy with the watch with the suit and you know this is how he's going to show up for sure not too many times you see him somewhere out and about without having that suit on but then you get to his fighting skills and of course uh beating up eddie alvarez here trying to see yeah anyway one of the many big crazy fights that connor's been involved with and that's you know why he's so popular and why he's at the top of everybody's list always the strength of schedule is without a doubt uh you know pretty crazy one uh with all the fighters you know beating jose aldo beating eddie alvarez beating chad mendez uh man and the list goes on and on and on of the people that he's beat that are you know high level fighters so i just wanted to highlight a little bit there of uh the coaches for the ultimate fighters since the season premiere just happened and here's a picture of the two teams I went over all their names. Um, the vets are on the left. The prospects are on the right. And yeah, yeah, Connor's team is the teal bluish team, and Michael Chandler's is the red. But this is one of those iconic pictures. They do it every year with the fighters, lining them up. If you go through and Google the Ultimate Fighter and just go through the images you'll see a picture like this for almost every season i'm pretty sure every season but i could be wrong maybe they didn't do it absolutely every year but every season that has been there has a picture similar to this so let's move into highlighting a little bit of uh, about the vets uh just because i wanted to kind of put this out there first of all brad katona is actually this is his second time on the ultimate fighter and oddly enough, he won the first season he was on. So that's kind of trippy. I believe it was, what season, 27, I think? What are we at, 31? Yeah, that sounds about right. It definitely wasn't 17. It was 27. I'm pretty sure 7 is sticking out in my in my head. I'm pretty sure it was 27. Uh, but yeah, he went on and had four fights in the UFC. Uh, he was 2-2 two and two and then got cut. Um... I don't know man he's just like he seemed like he was gonna be pretty goddamn good and should have a pretty decent career in the ufc and he just didn't cut it something happened and he was done after four fights with a two and two record which if you remember i say it all the time um three three losses in a row and you know you're pretty much ready to be shipped off and you know he didn't even get that but it might just be because of the type of fights he had and the fact that they, maybe they just didn't see the potential. 
Moving on, though, we have Austin Hubbard, uh, losing record in the UFC, three and four. So, you know, maybe that tells a story there as to why, uh, as to why that happened. Uh, I did want to say Brad Katona is a bantamweight. Austin Hubbard is a lightweight. And as you know already, Michael Chandler has all the vets. So all these guys are on Michael Chandler's team. Moving on to the next one is Cody Gibson. Like, these are the guys that you might recognize their name. If you follow like I do, you've probably heard these names before. Um, I know I definitely have. And that's why I wanted to kind of highlight them a little bit. But, uh... Kenny, come here. What are you doing? Benny decided to wake up from his nap and he's moving around now. Um, no, Jade, go. Now Jade wants to be, uh, now I'm just surrounded. Um, what was I saying? Damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Cody Gibson, UFC record of one and three. That pretty much says it all. Um, when you have four fights in the UFC and you've only won one, yeah, it's not, not great. So, Cody Gibson, though, is a bantamweight as well. Uh, a lot of these guys really just have four fights in the UFC and we're done. So it's kind of weird that they all kind of ha- uh, work that way. So then we go to maybe the most notable of all the vets, Jason Knight. Uh, he's just kind of a crazy dude. Fights crazy, talks crazy, Real got a real thick southern accent. Um... But his, he's got a, a few more fights than any, everybody else in the UFC. His record was 4-5. and five. Still a losing record, though. But he it, he was kind of an exciting fighter, which, you know, he must have just lost those last few fights in a row. And that's why they let him go. And, you know, we're kind of probably hoping that he would go make a name for himself somewhere else and then come back. But here's his chance to come back into the UFC and, you know, make a splash. So hopefully he does that. Jason Knight is a lightweight as well. And then we'll move on to the last one that I wanted to highlight. So like I said, I didn't go through everyone. But this is the majority of the vets. And the last one would be Roosevelt Roberts. Four and three with one no contest in the UFC. So as you can tell, these last two guys had a few more than four fights. Uh, but Roosevelt Roberts sounds like he had some personal issues outside and wasn't very focused uh so you know he just wasn't winning fights and wasn't doing well with his performances altogether so he got released and that was it and now he's back for a second chance at you know making a good career in the ufc and he got the fight started off so it was him roosevelt roberts versus nate uh Nate Jennerman, which, yeah, it's like, you know, like, the Jenners, it's Jenner, man, which is kind of a weird last name, uh, but yeah, this was the first fight, um, kicked off the season, and it was definitely a interesting fight, it didn't last very long, it was an eight-second knockout by Roosevelt Roberts, Came in quickly, got a hold of him, landed some punches, and dropped him, and that was it. And uh, Jennerman 
was obviously uh, pretty much unhappy with the stoppage. He said he was not hurt. He said he was fine. But yeah, he went out. Like, he dropped. Even if it was just a flash knockout, uh, he was out and pretty much Roberts was all over him. And there wasn't much to it. So, like I said, it was about... I think it was an estimated eight... Estimate... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't talk. It was estimated at eight seconds. I didn't... I don't know what it was confirmed at. But it was a very quick knockout. And yeah. Roosevelt Roberts gets to start it off for the Vets. And now the Vets are 1-0. Prospects 0-1. Unfortunately, you know, Connor just looked very disappointed. Um, he does get pretty intense... Because he's he has been a coach on the Ultimate Fighter before when he coached against Uriah Faber. They never fought each other, but they were coaches. And, uh, you know, things got a little crazy and heated between Cody Garbrandt and Connor during that season. But, uh, and Connor had a lot to say. That was when all the drama was going down with the Team Alpha Male uh, and TJ Dillashaw. So... It was uh it was pretty entertaining and it was definitely Connor being Connor. So but yeah, he was not happy with the fact that uh they lost their first fight and they lost in the manner that they did. So and the other shit thing was Connor didn't show up to the first weigh-in, which is pretty shitty. You know, it's like you're there to you're there to coach these guys and during a weigh-in, which is usually a tough thing to do. And you don't even show up. Like, what the fuck is that shit? So, that was one of the things that a lot of people highlighted. Was the fact that he didn't show up for the first weigh-in. Not to mention, he was late to the fight. So, you know, they're in the back, getting ready, leading up to the fight. Honor's not even... And nowhere to be found. Then he shows up in his Lamborghini, jumps out, hair kind of messy... Uh, still wearing a suit though. Looked like maybe he just got up from a night of drinking and <laughs> threw on a suit and said, all right, I guess we should go now. Um, but either way, I don't know, man. Connor is Connor. Uh, he's, I hope he gets his shit together in time. Uh, now that he's in the USADA testing pool to, you know, uh, be ready for this fight against Michael Chandler. And I want this fight to happen. I want to see it. I want to. I, I want to know what the outcome is going to be. I want to watch the whole thing. I want it to happen. So I hope Honor gets his shit together, and you know, I don't even know what else to say. That's all there is to say. Get his. Get your shit together, Connor, so we can see this fight. And I'm hoping he does a little better than he did in this first episode, as far as being a coach. Now. Moving on to UFC Vegas 74, Kai Kara France versus, uh, fuck, I forgot his first name, El Bazi. But, uh, the Prince is his fight name. And Kai Kara France is Don't Blink, which I think is kind of weird. But I guess it's because, you know, he's got some big KOs. But, um, yeah, I mean, this fight should be pretty good. It's not a great card all around. Not a lot of big names. Um, just, you know, it's like a filler card, you know. And you would think coming off of a... Coming off of a 
off week that maybe they would bring something a little more. But I think we're in between. We're in that time in between where a lot of big fights have happened. And now we got the filler fights happening to lead up to the bigger fights. So uh, especially when we're around July and the International Fight Week is coming up, they definitely save a lot of things for that time. So I'm sure we're going to get some big fights then. Some have been announced already. That uh, International Fight Week card seems pretty good. Uh, trying to figure out what my dog is doing. Hold on. Look, look, Benny, you're on the podcast. <laughs> this is Benny, if you guys don't know. He's my little shit. He gets into everything. And now I have Jade pretty much in my lap, too. I would pick her up and show her, but she's fucking big and heavy. So I can't do that. And my camera doesn't move very easily. So uh, we'll just stick with showing Benny. As you can see, we dress him. I don't know. The stripes. It is what it is. Michelle, I love you. These shirts, though. He's got a cool vest. <laughs> I'm sure if you've seen my pictures of him, you know that. I'm surprised he's as calm as he is. Usually, he'd be kind of jumping out of my arms. But yeah, he finally woke up and is walking around and was jumping on my leg. So I figured I'd pick him up and show him. Hey, bye, Benny. <laughs> All right. All right, back to the fights. Um, yeah, on the, so on the undercard here, uh, Felipe Lins gets it started off against uh, Maxim Grisham. And let's see, Felipe Lins being that far in the, down on the card is kind of crazy. Uh, Jamie Malarkey versus Mohamed John Naimov. God damn, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, we got Elise Reed versus Jenny Frey. And Andre, there we go. Andre Arlovsky versus Dontel uh, Mays. Which is uh, why I said Arlovsky earlier. Because I was like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Arlovsky is 40-some years old and fighting in his 40th fight in the UFC, which is nuts. Uh, let's see, that's... Overall, in MMA, he's got 55, 57 fights, 34 and 21 with two no contests, which is absolutely insane. Uh, he's coming off a loss to Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Before that, he was on a four-fight win streak. Benny, no. Hold on. These fools are trying to escape. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's he was on a four-fight win streak before that. But yeah, let's see. I want to see when. He has been fighting since 1999, which is nuts. That's why he has so many goddamn fights. <laughs> so I think he's fighting in his... Let's see. The UFC... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, four, twenty-five. Good God. It's just a lot of fucking fights, man. 
So Arlovsky is going to be, and he see, is going to be the, oh no, it's the second to the last fight on the undercard or on the prelim card. All right. Uh, so then we move on to the first fight of the main card. Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov versus Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. A lot of fucking hard names. <laughs> Abu Nurmagomedov, I'll say that because I know how to say that, is uh, on a two fight win streak with a 17 and 3 record. Let's see how many he's got. Three fights, so he's two and one in the UFC. Before that, he was in the PFL and the World Series of Fighting. And then he is fighting Dos Santos. Uh, and he's coming off a win. But he is one, two, three, four. Holy shit, he's got quite a few fights in the UFC. Wow, he's been fighting in the UFC since 2015. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 fights in the UFC. And only three of those are losses. That's crazy. So he's 9 and 3 in the UFC. Wow. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got caught up in that one. Um, But yeah, uh, Abu Ramagomedov. I can't. You know, he's definitely got that grappling that, you know, is uh, prevalent in their culture over there. Anybody with the last name Nurmagomedov, you got to be worried about that grappling. Uh, versus the Brazilian Dos Santos. Good kicks, especially when they're against some dickhead named Sean Strickland. <laughs> so I had to show two things here. I had to show the fact that fucking Sean Strickland looks like a douchebag getting kicked in the temple by a spinning back kick. And then I got to show you the live action version of that. <laughs> and there it is. John Strickland getting dropped like the bitch that he is. I love it. And I I could watch this all day. Just watch him get kicked in the fucking head. And as he drops down, looks like a little bitch. <laughs> because I don't like Sean Strickland. If, that, if you're wondering why I'm being so harsh about it. So, yeah, I had to make sure I, had, I got that one in there. But next fight, the women fighting Perrine Silva versus Ketlin Souza. So this one, Ketlin Souza is actually a late replacement because, Ket, coincidentally, Ketlin Vieira was supposed to be the initial opponent for Silva. But something happened, she, like an illness or something. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but Ketlin Vieira had to pull out of the fight. So, uh, Silva, this is only her second UFC fight. Uh, she came from Dana White's Contender Series, where she got a win there uh, by submission, a guillotine choke. And then she, her only other fight in the UFC was against Polina Botello. She also got a submission there by a choke as well. So... That was June of last year, so it's been almost a year since she fought. Or, no, it's been a year since she fought. So, she's 15-4 and four overall. 
and this is only going to be her second fight in the UFC against uh, Ketlin Souza, who is making her UFC debut, I believe. Yes, she's coming from Invicta FC. She is on a two, three, four, five fight win streak at the moment. And she's uh, 13 and three overall in MMA. So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot on Souza, but on Silva, she's definitely got striking and uh, she's got the striking ability. And she definitely has the submissions to back it up if it gets to the ground. A lot of her wins are by submission. And not to mention, she's fucking ripped. So, you know, she's definitely a strong girl. And Suze is going to have to watch out. Um, if she doesn't catch her with the strikes, she's going to grapple her ass down to the ground and submit her. Uh, especially with guns like those. Like I said, Suze is making her, uh, her debut in the UFC. There wasn't a lot to go off of, so I don't really have anything to highlight when it comes to her. But that is the that is the women's flyweight uh, matchup for the night. Moving on to Tim Elliott versus Victor Altamirano, I believe. Um, this one's going to be interesting because I will jump it off by saying. Tim Elliott has been in the news lately because he, uh, <laughs> some drama in his personal life. He put out there on Twitter saying his wife, uh, Gina Danger or Gina Mazzani, uh, cheated on him with his, one of his best friends who was also like the, I guess the, uh, a person that did the wedding. I forgot what they're called. Whatever it is. But yeah, it was like one of his best friends. The same night that they got married. Oh, the officiator of the wedding. The same night that they got married. Uh, she cheated on him that night with that guy. And they've had a relationship ever since. So it's pretty insane. Especially when Tim Elliott has a daughter involved. And I guess... Yeah, that was a whole thing. So that dirty laundry got aired on Twitter, and I guess uh, he talked about it, saying it was he had to put it out there because he's just been holding it in and blah 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 blah. I don't know. Some I don't know how I feel about that. It's just kind of one of those personal things. But at the same time, he got betrayed by his best friend and who was supposed to be his wife. So I, I guess I can't blame the dude too much. Either way, let's see if he can turn that aggression into a win for him in the UFC. Um, Tim Elliott is definitely known for his striking. He's got a crazy record, though. He's 18 and 12 overall in MMA with one draw. Coming off a win in the UFC, though, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven fights in the UFC, but one, two, three three, four, five, six of those are losses. So he's five and six in the UFC. That's kind of crazy. But he is coming off a win. Uh, and he is fighting. Well, like I said, you got to watch out for those strikes with Tim Elliott because he's definitely a small guy. Uh, they're fighting at um, flyweight. So, but he's very, very fast and he's got heavy hands and he's fighting 
Victor Altamirano? I keep saying Altamirano. Oh, wow. I guess I didn't have anything for him either. Fucking A. Uh, yeah, because I don't have any pictures for him. That's cool. Either that or I fucking missed it. <laughs> either way, Tim Elliott, I'm, I, I kind of hope he gets the win. But uh, Altamirano, Altamirano, 12 and 2 in, in the uh, or 12 and 2 in MMA overall. Uh, he's got one, two, three fights in the UFC. He's two and one, coming off of the Dana White's Contender Series as well. Uh, yeah, he got that win there, so he's two and one in the UFC. So yeah, that's uh, Tim Elliott's opponent there. Lightweight bout, third to last, or no fourth. So the next fight would be. Jim Miller, another one with a ton of fights in the UFC. And I believe he has the most fights in the UFC overall. He's fighting a late replacement as well. This is the third opponent for this. The third opponent for this fight card for Jim Miller. Started off with Ludovic. Shit, I forgot his last name. And then he was supposed to fight um, Jared Gordon, who is coming off of like not even a month ago that crazy uh no contest fight with um green bobby green where gordon got knocked out by a fucking uh headbutt so i don't know what happened with gordon i'm assuming uh he had a weight cutting issue because he with being a late notice uh replacement he was trying to cut like 34 pounds or some shit like that it was crazy so i bet he had a weight cutting issue so now we've got a fighter debuting which the picture looks a little weird color wise because this is one of the only pictures i could find of him uh jesse butler so jim miller is 35 and 17 overall in the in, in mma with one no contest like i said a lot of fucking fights for jim miller and he's coming off a loss to alex hernandez in the ufc but he's got one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four. 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 41 fucking fights in the UFC. That is absolutely insane. Spanning all the way back to 2008, which by the way, he's fought names like Matt Wyman, Ray Maynard, Mac Danzig, Dwayne Ludwig, Gleason Tebow, Charles Oliveira, Benson Henderson, Melvin Gillard, Nate Diaz, Joe Lozon, Pat Healy, Yancy Medeiros, Donald Cerrone, Benil Dariush, Michael Chiesa, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi, Joe Lozon, Thiago Elvis, Dustin Poirier, Anthony Pettis, Dan Hooker, Charles Oliveira again, Leguida, uh, Roosevelt Roberts, who is actually on this season of The Ultimate Fighter. That's crazy. Vince Pichel, dude. Donald Cerrone again. He's fought everybody. Absolutely everybody. Insane. 
Jim Miller, and he's here for with his third opponent this fucking fight card. Fighting against Jesse Butler. But first, we will talk about Jim Miller. And of course, he's got great striking. He's an overall well-rounded fighter. Um, wins in every direction. Decisions, submissions, uh, KO, TKO. He's got everything. So, Jim Miller is an all-around good fighter. Great fighter. And I'm sure he'll be in the Hall of Fame one way or another after his... 40 some odd fights and he's saying that he wants to fight until he he wants to fight until ufc 300 and retire after his fight at ufc 300 which i'm assuming the ufc is going to make happen considering we're at ufc 280 something i think 8289 is coming up yeah i think so ufc 300 is coming up next year jim miller is still fighting and still thriving so he's gonna make it i'm pretty goddamn sure um but yeah he is fighting jesse butler jesse butler is 12 and 4 overall in mma coming off he's on a one two three four five fight win streak uh coming from fury fc uh and that's about it but he's got a lot of decisions Decision, submission, TKO, submission, decision, 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 KO. He's got a little bit of everything, too. Um, last five fights are two decisions, two submissions, and a KO. So, not bad. Jesse Butler making his debut against a grizzled vet in Jim Miller. We'll see how that one goes because it's kind of crazy when you get somebody coming in, fighting for the first time in the UFC, making your way as a prospect. Uh... And fighting somebody but i mean he is 31 so it's not like he's that that old i think jim miller is, is still in his 30s as well let me check yeah jim miller is 39 so they're not that far apart in age really but with the experience and the amount of fights under jim miller's belt it's it's pretty nuts so moving on alex caceres versus daniel pineda uh Caceres I guess is trying to move away from the Bruce Leroy moniker that he had for the longest time but I thought it was pretty fitting um yeah Bruce or I'm sorry Alex Caceres has been around for quite a while uh fighting against Daniel Pineda uh Caceres has those crazy dynamic striking he does crazy stuff like this where he damn near Superman punches and kicks at the same time and then he goes in and takes the guy down without much effort, really. So, but uh, yeah, Caceres is 20 and 13 with one no contest. He is coming off a win over Julian Arosa. Uh, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-seven UFC fights. There's a lot of vets with a lot of UFC fights <laughs> on this card. It's pretty nuts, and he, that spans all the way back to 2011. So, 
20 what did i say 20 20 however many fights for alex caceres still never fought for a title i believe he's been close a couple times but been a long career for him in the ufc has yet to fight for a title like i said you got to watch out for those crazy strikes um he's very fast very uh lanky long reach um good ko's you know i think he's a pretty accurate puncher or striker in general and uh he's got a good fight iq and you know just sometimes he can't seem to put it together and get the win so he's got a you know back and forth record but he is fighting daniel pineda who's 28 14 um also has very good striking heavy hands uh let's see he is coming off a win to tucker lutz in the ufc uh let's see he's got one two four fights in the ufc he's uh two one in one no contest so his only losses to cub swanson um yeah looks like uh no he's got no decisions in his last in his fights in the ufc uh the one no contest was due to an accidental eye poke to andre feely but uh his other fights he won by tko lost by ko and then won by submission so yeah we're he's looking for a finish always but uh Alex Caceres is a crafty fighter, and we'll see if he can, you know, what kind of a fight he can put up against a vet like Alex Caceres. Let's see, I, w I wonder how old. Pineda is 37. So he's up there in age, too. But Caceres has all that experience, um, and he is 34. So that's kind of a crazy matchup there. And then we've got the main event. Kaikar France versus Amir Elbazi. That's his first name, Amir. I, I messed it up earlier. I couldn't remember what the fuck his first name was. This should be a pretty decent fight. You know, uh, Kaikar France, his uh, nickname is Don't Blink. And Amir Elbazi is known for very good submissions and grappling. But he also has good strikes as well. Kaikar France is one of those New Zealand guys. Uh... You know, they're always exciting fighters and very tough. He's 30 years old, 24 and 10 in MMA. Um, like I said, he's got really good striking. Uh, also won no contest. He's coming off a loss to the now champ, Brendan Moreno. But before that, he was on a three-fight win streak. Um, and again, TKO and KO finishes even in his loss. So, you know, it's always an unexciting fight, which is why his nickname is Don't Blink. Uh, let's see. He's been around in the UFC for a bit. Ten fights in the UFC with uh, three losses only. So, yeah. And <clears throat> like I said, it, you always got to be watching for those strikes. Good big punches. Had a great fight against Cody Garbrandt where he knocked him down multiple times and finished him. Uh, let's see. Yeah, finished him by TKO all in the first round. So that was back in 2021. And like I said, big, big punches out of uh, Kaikara France. And, you know, 
Cody Garbrandt hasn't had the best uh, of luck in fights lately, but Kai put on pretty big, a pretty good showing against Cody Garbrandt. And then moving on to Amir Elbazi, like I said, really good submissions. That's what he's known for. Uh, he's 16 and one overall in MMA, but he's undefeated in the UFC. One, two, three, four, four no in the UFC. Last win being against Alessandro Costa. Um, no big names in his record yet, but he is undefeated, like I said. So we'll be we'll see if he can keep that O next to his name, or if Kai Kara France is going to come out and take that from him. Not a bad card, not horrible, but also not like one of the best. So either way, you know, Saturday, watch it, enjoy it. Come back next week and I will recap all of it as well as going over the pay-per-view for the week after. That about does it for me. It's been a pretty good hour and a half. I honestly didn't think I would go that long because I didn't feel like I had a lot to talk about. But then I just fucking rattled off at the mouth. <laughs> but that's all right. And I had some distractions here, so it is what it is. Good times, though. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to follow my social media. It's been going down at the bottom of every screen the whole time. Going Rounds Podcast everywhere, except for Twitter. It's Going Rounds Pod. Go figure. I'm talking about it, and it goes away. There it is. Either way, uh, yeah. Don't forget to come back next week. Same time, same place. You know, YouTube. Uh, oh, and I, you know, I fail to mention this all the time, but if you want to listen to the audio-only version of this podcast, in case you can't watch live or don't want to have uh, YouTube going on in the background of your phone or however you're watching or listening, you can go to Spotify. You can see the video and and get audio only version there, or you can get audio only version anywhere else you get your podcast. Uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, anywhere you get your podcast. I use Podcast Republic myself, or that's the app I use for podcasts. I can find almost anything there, and and my podcast is there as well. So don't forget to you know subscribe there or you know uh download whatever do do everything everywhere. Don't forget to um like and subscribe to my channel here on YouTube as well. Even if you listen to audio only, go back to YouTube and subscribe and like it and share it with somebody. And you know help me out, support me, please. I appreciate it. Um. And I appreciate everyone that's been here and my wife for joining in and uh, talking to me on the chat. I love you. I miss you, Michelle, and I'll see you soon. She hasn't even been gone that long, but, you know, I'm not used to her being the one gone. I'm usually the one that's gone. So anyway, that's it for me. I'm out. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the fights. You got boxing. You got MMA. Take your pick. Watch them all. Who cares? Just. Come back next week and join me again. Going Rounds Podcast. I'm out. Peace. And let me get to my shit.